I'm Cahal Summers. And I'm Deirdre Lynn. Your Chagas Sustainability Advisors. And you're welcome to the Chagas Environment Edge podcast, bringing you the latest information, science and opinion to improve farm sustainability. On this episode, Fine Gael TD for Carlo Kilkenny, John Paul Phelan, joins us to discuss the Climate Action and Low Carbon Development Bill, which was recently passed into law on the 23rd of July this year, making Ireland's green targets legally binding. With a new amendment of carbon removals in agriculture included in the bill, is there a possibility these offsets could be used in other sectors rather than agriculture? Ireland has missed its 2020 targets except for renewable energy. Are we protected against fines from Europe if further targets are missed? And who will foot the bill? We spoke to John Paul recently, just before the bill was passed. The main target of the bill is to try and get Ireland to be carbon neutral by the year 2050. Now, carbon neutral means essentially that we, the amount of carbon we're emitting into the atmosphere in Ireland is the same as the amount that we're capturing um, by all sorts of means. Um, that's the main target. Uh, the kind of sub-target of that is that by 2030, that we would have over a 50%, a 51%, in fact, reduction in the level of, of carbon emissions across the economy in, in, in all sectors. John Paul, um, if the amendment uh, to the carbon removals in agriculture is accepted, is there a possibility that these offsets could be used in other sectors, example, transport, rather than going into agriculture? I think that has to be tied down in terms of the, how the, the Climate Action Council will come up with their climate targets and reduction targets that are called carbon budgets for each sector. Um, as things stand, I know this was probably one of the stickiest issues in the bill as it went through both the Dáil and the Shannon. And there was some, not including for myself, uh, surprise at the failure of the Minister to take any amendments on board in the Dáil. But as it happened in the Shannon, the Fine Gael and Fine Fáil Senators got an amendment accepted, which um, would allow, you know, the practices that farmers are engaged in currently that, that capture carbon. So whether that's your, your kind of grassland management or your hedgerows or your forestry that, that already exists, that that would be taken into account. So then it's a matter for, for, for the cabinet to approve um, the individual carbon budgets for the different sectors of the economy. And I can only say it from my own point of view, but I mean, absolutely no, no uh, political appetite that I can see amongst my colleagues as well um, to see that, you know, any gains that are made in agriculture would go anywhere else. I think they have to be ring fenced for agriculture. That's the whole purpose of this bill, that each sector does its own thing. And any uh, savings that are made in agriculture have to stay in agriculture as far as as far as I'm concerned and, and most of my colleagues. That's very positive, John Paul. Well, it's look. If farmers are making the effort and having like the problem with the legislation as it was originally drafted was that it didn't take into account the good that farmers were doing. Um, it was only a one-sided bill, if you like, um, that 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 drew up a list of negatives from an agricultural perspective. This amendment allows for the positives that farmers do to be taken into account, and that should only you know, rest on the agricultural um, carbon sector budget, which, which, which the Climate Action Council will be, will be drawing up. Because I say probably a lot of farmers feel like that we're probably getting targeted fairly heavy with all the climate action stuff, everything, water, gaseous emissions, ammonia, a lot of stuff coming at them. And they feel like they're, they're doing a lot at the moment, even with the derogation, everything on top. And 
I could imagine if farmers uh, in that amendment make a lot of those carbon removals and they make those gains, they would be probably fairly annoyed if, if those gains went to other sectors instead of going back into agriculture, considering we're quite an efficient country to produce food. Well, this is the thing. Um, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, if farmers are making the efforts in those areas to, to for what are called the removals under under these um, amendments that were accepted by the minister, then, you know, they would be rightly angry if, if, if that was kind of passed on to the transport sector or, you know, the energy sector or any of the other sectors that are, that are going to have. I mean, each government department effectively is going to have its own um, climate or car- carbon budget targets. Um, and that includes agriculture, but the ring fencing of gains, like, you know, it only makes sense from a practical point of view that if you want to encourage people to do the right thing. The other thing that you said there, Carl, in the, in the question, like no other sector of Irish life has changed as much in my 35 years of close observation, I suppose you could call it now, like farmers have shown, and this is the thing that really annoys um, farmers, that um, there is an element within the green movement that see farmers as the enemy, when actually in terms of delivering, farmers are are a group that are key in terms of of, of reaching targets, and certainly um, in this area, in, in terms of um, climate or carbon budgets in, in the agricultural sector, farmers are, are it. And farmers will change their habits as long as they're not going to be out of pocket. It's shown that more than any other sector of the economy in my life, um, when you look at farmyards now compared to how they were 30 years ago, and like t- different things have increased and decreased in that time, there's issues now being raised about water quality. We improved water quality, you know, 20 years ago by significant investment and support by the state for, for our farmers. We can do it again. Um, it, you know, it's a particular issue, I suppose, in the more um, dairy intense um, parts of the country, which would primarily be this, the southern half, if you like, of the island. But, um, you know, farmers have, have a proven track record more than any other aspect or sector of the economy of as when they get the support that they will invest and they will improve their own their own uh, their own um, environmental measures that they implement on 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 farm. Yeah, and look, uh, I think the Minister for Environment, Damon Ryan, gave us some good news there recently, where he kind of indicated that that farmers are going to get paid to store carbon, which which is a positive because the balance sheet has to, to balance at the end of the day as well. It it is a, a business, and and we want to be sustainable, but it has to balance. So. How close do you think we are to implementing this type of a, a store a carbon storage system to pay farmers? And, and will it be a challenge maybe to allow farm sequester carbon to be traded on the carbon market, do you think? I think we're, we're, we're closer than we were a few weeks ago, is the answer to the question. I mean, some countries, France is, a, is a, the notable one that's kind of similar to Ireland, where they have the infrastructure in place for, for, for carbon trading. Um, up until the amendments were accepted by the minister in the Shannon, was that was last week when when the bill was passed. This this was something that the, the 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 government and his department in particular were still kind of slow to engage with. Um, we don't have a scheme like we have unique, I suppose, characteristics and unique kind of issues to Ireland. So we'll have to draw up our own version of of a scheme, but there's no reason, like if it works in, 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 in other countries in the European Union, why it can't work in Ireland. And like, it is about it is about bottom line. And this is the argument that I've had 
on different platforms with different people who, who, who have genuine concerns about, about climate issues and about the environment in general. But that, you know, if, you're, if you are a farmer operating in whatever county across the country and, you know, you, you have to live, you, your target usually is to try and rear your, your family if you have one or to have some sort of, you know, uh, ordinary life yourself out of it. You're not a charity. You're not there. And the vast majority of farmers, in fact, all farmers don't want to be there just as kind of gamekeepers or, 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 or green keepers for, for, for the countryside. They want, to, they want to live out of it, but they also want, they actually really want to pass on the place in better condition to their successors, whoever, whoever that is. And, and that's why carbon... Uh, you know, the carbon trading and the possibility of farming carbon. I remember when Richard Bruton mentioned this for the first time a few years ago when he was minister. I mean, I, it was a whole new area for me. But if, you know, if, if there's a potential for an income from it, then, then farmers will, 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 will embrace it as they've done with every other measure to improve our environment in the last, in the last 20 or 30 years. Many people um, in the agricultural sector, um, John Paul, are concerned about the impact this bill will have on Irish agriculture. Ireland's total carbon emissions are approximately 0.1% of the world's emissions. Are actions to be taken, do you feel, are they, be, are they unreasonable for the farming sector? And is carbon leakage a risk for the less efficient countries to produce food? Carbon leakage is a real risk. Um, and it's it's one of the reasons why I've been so, and others with me, um, principally in Fine Gael, but other uh, even the T-shirt got involved or spoke on the issue of the the, the cheese plant in Bellevue. Um, and the reason the cheese plant in Be- Bellevue is is important is that as a nation, our system of of dairy production is the most sustainable. There's no more sustainable system anywhere in the world. And we we know globally that the demand for milk is rising and going to continue to rise. Uh, So do we enforce measures in Ireland that either um, restrict uh, people who are already producing milk or stop people from entering the sector, uh, while at the same time then allowing other countries that have far less environmental protections and far less sustainable systems of producing milk um, do we allow them to expand and meet the growing demand I don't like I don't, I don't see this as a zero-sum game I think that the, um, that we can still inc- meet that increased demand in Ireland while at the same time um, making uh, you know fairly substantial changes to farming practices that will allow for you know more biodiversity and um, uh, carbon emission reduction, and but principally also offsets, and that idea that Cahill mentioned earlier about removals. Because let's be honest, most farms in the country, no matter where they are, have uh, you know bits of ground or places that that maybe are suitable for rewetting. That's another term in term. Uh, my, my own late father would say he's turning in his grave because he spent most of his life draining, draining it. <laughs> yeah. and, and lots of lads like him. But, but like there are lots of, every dairy farm, every farm in the country has 
parts of the, the of the land like that. Maybe they're browy bits that that could be planted, um, or, or bits that could be rewetted that could be spoke about. Um, so there's all sorts of offsets and removals that that every farm, including intensive agriculture, including intensive dairying, can take that would allow for an increase in production, but also um, the potential for for reduction in the overall carbon impact of of the farm in question. Do you think the, the European Commission will kind of take that into account when we're talking about carbon leakage? Oh, you mentioned the dairy being, you know, number one at, at producing carbon efficient and, and beef, I think it's number five or something or fifth. Um, is that on the, the Commission's agenda? Because we are a big exporter and I suppose there's just no point um, reducing that exportation if another country is going to just come in and, and do a, a way less efficient job. It's you know, it doesn't add up. Is that on the agenda? Do you think? I I think it's it's coming on the agenda as we, uh, you know, as virtually every country in the EU now has uh, or is engaged in the process of setting these carbon targets for for each sector and for agriculture in particular. Um, I think it's different in in in, in different countries. We're in the midst of our. Um, evolution in this area at the moment um, but it's the job of places like Ireland, France there's other comparable European countries that are are, are big producers um, that you know we have a moral obligation as a country um, we know we, you said we are, we're a big exporter I mean we export three quarters of, of, of nearly everything we produce in terms of food so um, that has to be part of the equation in 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 my view as well. But um, also the, the 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 big one is 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 that this idea of carbon leakage that you know we can't um, it, would, it would defeat the whole purpose of trying to protect the environment if we were to impose a super strict regime on our farmers here while allowing um, imports from countries that that have far less. Um, sustainable methods of, of producing food um, and that, you know, that has to be front and centre. I think it's only coming on the agenda but it's up to our government and other like-minded governments in the European Union to make sure that it happens because um, you know there is no point in putting the you know the strictest rules on our own producers while, while allowing then the damage to be done in multiples potentially in, in other parts of the world where, where those rules don't apply. Yeah, and look, I, we, I suppose we can't tuck our head in the sand. There, there is lots and lots of room for improvement in, in Ireland in, in our carbon as well. And I know we have the Chagas Mac curve and we have lots of other research and ideas out there that we can target, which, which is re- re- really positive. But I suppose we are in the position now where, we're, where we have missed our kind of 2020 targets, except maybe in renewable energy. But are we protected against fines from Europe going forward? And, you know, if, if we miss further targets, who, who's going to fit the bill? Would it fall back on the farmer or the general public? Or what what's what will happen? Well, it, I, I don't, it's not exactly finalised yet, but I, I'd imagine it'll, it'll, it'll fall on the general taxpayer in the sense of, of missing targets um, across the board in the different sectors. Um, as things stand uh, from... Or twenty twenty issues. The only 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 target that we surpassed was was in terms of renewable energy, uh, but it looks um, there has already been some costs in the state. I think upwards of fifty million, but in total, the the prospect of one hundred and twenty five million now in in fines for failure to meet targets, but. Um, uh, there's still some toing and froing and negotiating to do on on eventual figures, as I understand it, in that area. But in the general 
the general question at this stage, it will fall back on on on, on the taxpayer in general. Um, but there is the danger, I suppose, that you know, at, at an EU level, you could you could see some sort of agreement in the future that would focus individual fa- failures on individual sectors. I think that that would be resisted very strongly from an Irish uh, context. But um, it's not a it, it's not set in stone yet. Carl, I suppose is, is what I'm saying in terms of of who the, the the fines might fall back on. But I mean, I go back to the point that. You look at how much agriculture in Ireland has changed in the last 20, 25 years and about how what we have achieved before. There's a big concern at the moment in terms of water quality, but we've been there before and 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 won that battle and we have to win it again. Um, and farmers will win it if they get if they get the support from the state and from the Department of Agriculture and from from the European Union to 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 meet those targets and and uh, improve water quality in our streams and rivers and lakes across the country. John Paul, what is the aim um, of the Climate Action Fund? Um, who can apply? And if we do meet or, or, or fail to meet further targets in the future, could this fund be impacted? As I, the, the fund when it was established was um, primarily funded from, by, from oil distribution uh, businesses. Um, there's a levy imposed upon them. Um, and actually, at the moment, I think um, it's a live issue that uh, there's an objection to the European Union from some of the oil distribution companies in terms of um, how those uh, that levy is being um, used in an Irish context and is it in compliance with, with European Union law. At the moment, it's... Um, the fund is primarily aimed at helping businesses to adapt in, in for you know climate measures. Um, and at the moment, the successful applicants have tended to be have tended to be collective. So, if you like, there's the Three County Energy Initiative in the southeast, of which my own county, Kenny, is involved. Um, that group got funding under one of the initial rounds of funding from the Climate Action Fund, which is aimed at uh, primarily at retrofitting houses and insulation in homes. It's one issue actually that we haven't mentioned here already. Um, and the fact that so many of our homes are not insulated and therefore heat escapes and car- you know more carbon has to be emitted in terms of, 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 of heating those homes. So the, the primary target at the moment is kind of collectives. Um, uh, we say the processors uh, would be eligible for uh, funding under it if they were if they if they undertake an initiative that would otherwise not, be uh, operational without the support of the fund that that reduces um, that either reduces carbon emissions or increases car- carbon sequestration. Then they're eligible for it. Um, I'm not sure yet if in the future it will extend to each individual farm. I think it's probably more likely that it will it will focus on kind of collective groups of farmers, whether that's under the cooperative movement or other. Um, Groups that farmers form themselves in order to, to, you know, to have defined targets that they can actually reach and prove have been reached. Jean-Paul, really great to get an insight into government focus on climate and um, thanks a million for for the chat. Uh, Really enjoyable and, and I'm sure we'll chat to you again in the future. That's, I'm delighted to have the opportunity. I think this, it's very important on, on this issue. Um, every aspect of uh, society has to be heard and we need a proper engagement with 
farmers are on the coalface and um, demonizing them as some people have been doing for a long time in terms of climate will achieve nothing but it's also not true farmers are more than willing to adapt and they will do so if if, if they get the support from 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 government so i'm delighted to call and deirdre to have had the chance to to outline a bit on the climate action bill and i'll certainly join you again in the future if i get the chance thank you that's it for this episode of the chagas environment edge podcast Thank you to John Paul Phelan, Fine Gael TD, for Carlo Kilkenny for joining us on the show. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. You can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. And for more information, go to the Chagas website at chagas.ie. I'm Carl Summers. And I'm Deirdre Lynn. Join us next time for the Chagas Environment Edge podcast, Signpost to Farm Sustainability.